No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house on this very cold Saturday. Many of you may be at the house, not actually out running around, but who knows? Um, When I went out earlier, it looked like it was a bit busy out there. So we'll say that many people probably have enjoyed the snow a little bit, but hopefully that will go away so we can get back into some serious business. A little hard for people to get to their tax appointments when there's snow coming down. So um, if you want to join the show today, if you've got questions concerning taxes or things that you may have heard or you're working on, either your 2023 filings or preparing for 2024, something that may be coming up, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, We're getting a lot of phone calls on the BOI or the Small Business Compliance Guide that's put out by the uh, Finance Criminal and Enforcement Network. This is a true thing, beneficial ownership information, BOI. Many of you are getting emails or or being told by other individuals that this needs to be filed. It does need to be filed. And, And the rules are kind of interesting. So if you've already have a business and it started prior to 2024, you have until January 1st, 2025. If you've opened it in this first period, you only have less than 90 days to actually um, put this BOI in. So if you've just opened up a new LLC or a new corporation, then you need to make sure if you are required to file the beneficial ownership information um, that that is done. Basically, they're going to have us doing it within 30 days. And the penalties, guys, are ridiculous. According to the last thing I read, the fine is $500 a day if it is not done. That is ridiculously high. Again, this has to do, it's not a tax. It's the Finance Crime Enforcement Network, the U.S. Department of Treasury. Um, This is kind of like Big Brother watching. They want to know who the partners of these uh, companies are. They are requesting legal names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, and you have to have a picture of your driver's license or passport. Each person that is a more than a 20% owner of a company. So this is really uh, something we're going to need to stay on top of because that can get very expensive very quickly. Also, you're going to want to, obviously it's tax time. So now's the time I'm showing that most of the IRS is not going to accept e-filing until, um, January 29th now is what we're being told. And if you have earned income credit or child tax credit uh, on the earned income, that could be as late as the first or second week of February before those funds, even if you e-file on January 29th, they may hold that up for a week or two. They're trying to make sure they're checking uh, to make sure these are your children, that you are entitled to those fees. Um, They find a lot of fraud going in that situation. So they're going to basically be doing their best to do identity theft and all that before they send out the refund. So don't rush and be very careful. I know there are organizations, tax companies out there that will give you your money up front. I will say I'm not an advocate for that. Personally, most people have lived the whole 
year without that money, a few more weeks and not having to pay large fees for your own money just doesn't make a lot of sense, but I get it. Just be careful of what you sign when it comes to that, because if the IRS does not give you the amount of refund that they've advanced you, or you end up with a, a situation, keep in mind that is a loan. That is not something that they're giving to you. And if the IRS doesn't give you that money, guess what? You're still responsible for giving that money back and the interest rates are pretty high. So again, just uh, if you're if you're running to get your uh, taxes done because you need that money to keep things going, um, that's that's obviously a situation. But just be careful when people are giving you advanced credits on your um, tax returns because um, not everybody is going to get every dollar. Sometimes they have found that uh, a large number of people that get the child credit is one that gets the earned income credit that uh, they're finding more and more tax fraud in that. So just be careful. Um, let's see what else. So we've covered that. Obviously it's tax time. Uh, we're working on the 2023 taxes. Obviously, as we speak, many of them do not yet have the ability to do the clearance of, of, uh, you know, to, to e-file them, but, uh, they are and should be getting ready soon. That way then you can have your uh, K-1s and then finish up your personal tax returns. Remember, if you are a small business owner and you do 1120S or 1065s, those are due March 15th. So you need to make sure those are filed uh, before you file your personals or at the exact same time because you can't finish your personal tax return if you have a sub S corporation or, or if you're a member of a 1065, you must get that first. Also trust. Um, if you um, had a family member that passed away and there was a trust in some cases, there are K ones that come from those trusts and therefore you filing your personal tax return. You may want to check with the executor or over handling the taxes. We've had many cases where people come back and didn't realize that they were going to have some tax taxable income that came in from a trust. Not everything that comes from a, when someone passes away is tax-free. Sometimes there are taxable situations and that can pass directly to the uh, beneficiaries and therefore become a tax situation on that. So very important that you have all of your tax documents. Don't just rush to that finish line, um, you know, to, to make it work. If you need help or have some questions on your taxes, you can join the show today at 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Taking your calls here in the studio. Um, we're getting a, a number of people that are, you know, working on taxes. I had an interesting phone call that came in earlier this week with um, a person that had done their own taxes and they called and said, Hey, you know, I really like you to uh, take a look. I've done my own taxes, but you know, it doesn't seem quite right. And um, it really came down to, she had married this year. And instead of being head of household and claiming her child, she was married filing separately. And in that case, married filing separately, you don't qualify for all the same things that you would if you were head of household. So instead of getting a large refund, which is what she was kind of used to getting now that she got married and married filing separately, um, you know, kicked out a lot of her credit. So again, sometimes if you have life changes, sometimes you end up divorced, you end up married, uh, you have a child, all of those things can happen. But sometimes depending on how you file your taxes, sometimes married couples due to other reasons, be it maybe, uh, I don't know, um, educational credits, uh, as far as, uh, let's say you have student loans, and sometimes if you file your own taxes, they don't take into account your husband or your wife's income. So you want to stay married filing separately. 
separately um, on those. So you keep your student loans at a payment you can afford necessarily. Then um, that then there's a child and then you normally can't get all the credits that would come with that. So there's a price to pay when married filing separately. As far as I'm concerned, there's penalties um, and you want to make sure that you're making the best choice. Sometimes you can't always get every dollar back because of the benefits you may be receiving in some other, other fashion. So it's important to make sure you know how you're filing taxes and what you may or may not be giving up. So um, again, that's kind of an important question that you have to deal with or, or make, make happen for yourself. If you've got a question, you can certainly join the show again, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Taking your phone calls, talking about my favorite subject. It is tax time, guys. 2023 is here. Many of you will be getting, if you haven't already gotten, you will be getting your W-2s. Keep in mind, everyone has until the last day of January, if that's on the weekend, the first day of February, to file them as employers, right? So if your employer hasn't given you a W-2 yet, do not freak out. They have theoretically until January 31st, which does fall in the middle of the week. So they have until January 31st to get them out. And then as long as they hit the mail by January 31st, they've met compliance. So it could be first week of February before you receive it. Um, and, and again, if there's e-file or e um, emails, a lot of them are sending links out where you can obtain your, your W-2 through uh, an email link then again, that's something you want to do. And that's, that's not a big deal. Um, but you know, making sure that you have access and if you don't have access, then that would be, um, uh, an interesting conversation because then you may have to ask them to mail it, or you may have to find someone that can upload it for you. Cause a lot of employers have gotten away from doing any kind of mail at all. All right. Let's see if we can hit pray, uh, line one in Nashville. Hey, pray. Hello, Dr. Uh, How are you? I am doing great. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you again. I talked to you many years ago about a tax situation. Excuse me. <clears throat> and you were able to set me straight on what I needed to do. Well, thank you. Appreciate the, the phone call. I'm glad I was able to help. Okay. Uh, in August of 2023, uh, excuse me, August of, two, of 2020, I became disabled, okay. and I had a short-term, long-term policy with my employer. I paid for the short-term. They paid for the long-term, and they made me file for Social Security Disability. Right. In 2022, I paid $4,300 uh, income tax on those benefits. Right. Ja January 23. I was approved for my Social Security and started receiving my benefits. I have gotten some, I think it's a 1099, and I'm just curious right. about what I need to do and if, have I already paid taxes on 2022 or what? So when they gave you your disability, did they back pay you? On the yes, social, uh, social Security? Yeah, I got a lump sum, and everything went to the insurance company and the lawyers. Right. Unfortunately, um, 
you're not going to get a lot of benefit from any of that, but you can go back and theoretically amend 2022. I don't know if that would be beneficial or not without looking at it, but you might want to, you know, you may have to do that to see, but in 2023, you can either pay all of it. Is that the only income you have, or do you have other income? I did about, uh, 2022, I did about 9000 with Lyft, and this year I did approximately 7000 with Lyft. Okay. So when you take off your cost of running Lyft, you probably will have zero tax on your Social Security well, disability or the, whatever because it's not taxable well, unless the there's seven, enough earnings. 7000 is after all my deductions. Oh, okay. So you still won't probably pay tax on it because if you take half of that, you're not going to probably hit the provisional tax code. You may because... It's probably a high number in 2023. You may have to. So there's two sides. You can go back and redo the years in which the Social Security was reported. So if they backed it to 21 or 22, you could go back and amend those years, keeping your uh, provisional income lower in 2023. I don't know if it's worth it without looking to see what your provisional income is, meaning half of your Social Security plus your earnings to see if, if you're single or married, what that amount would come to. You could end up paying a few dollars in taxes, but it may just not be worth opening up 2022 to compensate 2023 without looking at, I can't tell you, but that would be um, not as easy as a fix as maybe your last time. But the answer to this is you may have to amend 22 to get 23 straight, or you may just file everything under 23 and see if it actually creates a taxable situation because Social Security itself is not taxable, but it is based on our earnings that we get outside of Social Security. Okay, so sense. I'm going to need I'm going to need professional help with this. Then, obviously, probably be easier for just this year. After this year, it'll be fairly simple. You know, I mean, as long as you keep your you're driving down to a minimal, you, you probably won't have to worry about filing taxes, with exception of any tax that's due on the lift side. Okay, then who can you recommend? Can you handle this, or can you recommend someone? You can give my office a call on Monday, and we'll be more than glad to either recommend someone close to you, or we'll see if we can help. Okay, I really, I greatly appreciate the help. Thanks, pray. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to hit Ian in Nashville. We'll be right back with the Doctor Friday Show. We are back here live in studio and we are going to go right to the phone lines because Ian in Nashville was kind enough to wait through that long break. Hey, Ian. Hi there. What can I do for you, sweetie? So I received a financial settlement, which was in regards to settling outstanding medical expenses. Okay. And I was told that it should be tax free because it was relating to outstanding medical expenses. And Whoever told wanted... you that was correct. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So, well, good. That, thank you. Um, yes. What does, so I'm going to get a, something like a 1099 from my lawyer. What does it need to be specifically to make sure it doesn't trip up what, trip me up tax-wise when it then goes to my tax processor, please? Honestly, um, 
you won't most likely get a 1099 from your lawyer. Um, they will send you a distribution worksheet um, normally um, that explains because in normally they don't 1099 because only 1099s generate into an income source, be it rental, medical, whatever. Uh, and in okay. your case, they're basically reimbursing you or paying you for medical situation. So there should not be a 1099 from him. There should be a, just a distribution. Okay, because the defendants, I guess, paid my lawyer who then took his part and then sure. paid me. So I'm just trying to make right. sure that I get all the paperwork lined up. Thank you. No problem. Yes. The, the, he would have collected the money. The money would have went to the attorney. The attorney would do a distribution after everything else that was required to be paid with the money was paid. You should just get a check from the attorney baking down the total. I got 200,000 and here's your 50,000 because we paid everybody um, kind of situation. But that's all there should be. There should not be a 1099. So if I ask him for, to make sure I get the distribution worksheet, that's exactly what my tax uh, preparer will that's need. That's all they should need because the tax preparer will not be using any of that on their tax return. This is outside the tax window because it is not considered earnings. So will not report on your physical tax return. Great. Thanks a lot. That's really helpful. No problem. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Let's see if we can hit Charlie in Woodbury. Hey, yes, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing Hello, awesome. Dr. How about Marty. you? Oh, great, man. Listen, uh, what if you're used to filing paper, sending in paperwork the old-fashioned way, you know, your 1040 and your other forms. I read somewhere that they're not going to do that anymore. They, everything's got to be electronic. That That's is correct. They are not accepting paper unless there is extenuating circumstances. There is still some people that can do some of it through because of disability and unable to use a computer or you know, certain things like that, but just because it's easier. And I know I have some, some clients that just don't do anything on computers. You know what I mean? They really don't. I'm um, kind of like that. I'm kind of like that. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, you may be able to, to apply for a waiver, but what they're basically forcing people to do is to go. And even if you complete your own taxes for you to go in and have somebody submit them for you. That'd probably be the best way to do it. Like, like if you're a Farm Bureau, they have they have tax assistance. I thought I might drop right. in there and and uh, do my paperwork ahead and let them send it in for me. Absolutely, I have clients that do. I mean, physically, they do their whole tax return. We just re-input it, double check their math, and you know, and, and maybe ask a couple extra questions. But all in all, they've done the returns because they're so used to doing. It. They still print out the paper every you know every time. So. Right. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong. I'm sure your tax person wouldn't have an issue with, or, you know, Farm Bureau is a great place. They help a lot of, uh, of people do taxes. So it's not a, a, not a bad idea at all. And then that way you can get confirmation it's been received. And if you owe money, pay it electronically, or you can still mail in checks. Uh, again, they're, they're pushing for everything to be done electronic in the next few years. Well, how, how would you send, how would you send your, I'll, I'll be owing some money, I'm sure. How would you send in it electronically if you're doing it that way? Um, the way a lot of us do, we just put in our routing number and account number, kind of like the way you pay your mortgage or your um, anything electronically you may pay. You may not pay anything electronically. That's, I mean, again, I do have clients that just will not let anything like that happen. And then, you know, you can still mail it in, but otherwise you can use a credit card or your bank account. Okay, so if you probably could use a debit card, couldn't you? 
You could use a debit card, yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Friday. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, Charlie. Appreciate it. All right, let's hit George in Fayetteville. Hey, Georgie, what's happening? Hello, pretty good. Uh, I'm church left, the Methodist Church. And I was wondering, should I do a W-2 for the preacher or a 1099? Well, you're going to want to do, are you paying housing allowance as well? No, no. Okay. Um, I would just, I mean, I would say at this point, I would probably just do a 1099 because you guys haven't filed any of the other reports that would be required with the W-2 be that 941s or 944s. You didn't withhold anything from him as far as Social Security or Medicare. So I would just 1099 him. Should I her. use those? Okay, should I use the, uh, the old federal number or the new one? Um, I would use whatever you have as the most current one. So if you have a a new one versus an old one, I'm not too sure how long you've been around, but if you have anything from the IRS currently, I would use that federal ID number, the name of the church, as well as the church address. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, George. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. So again, if you have questions, you can certainly join the show, 615-737-9986-615. 737-9986. You can also email us Friday at drfriday.com if you're a little shy, and that'll be another way for you to get through the lines. Friday at drfriday.com. You can also go to our website, drfriday.com and click in, uh, send us a message right through the website. Um, I will tell you if you are an existing client of mine, which many of you guys that are listening since we've been doing this for what, 13, 14 years now, um, if you haven't already booked your appointment, please call our office on Monday or Tuesday and go ahead and get yourself on the calendar. The calendar is full for any uh, new clients, but we are still open always for our existing clients. Always thankful for having you return every year. Um, So if you don't see anything on the calendar, just give our office a call and we will get you booked in. Um, So again, you know what? It's tax season, so don't rush. If I can tell anyone anything, I know it is the 20th and many of you are sitting there going, I need to get my taxes done. But don't rush because sometimes the um, if you have any kind of investment accounts, those aren't going to be out. At least my company told me not till February 15th. Um, W-2s may not all be out. And if you've worked more than one job, 1099s um, aren't going to be out. None of those until almost the first week of February. So don't rush to get things filed. You're not going to get your refund that much faster. And if there's a mistake, then they're going to do a matching. And then you're going to find out that you have more issue than what you want, because that's going to hold it up even longer. So if you're not sure, you know, you have everything, or maybe you did some work and you're like, well, I don't know if anyone's going to 10, I didn't get a 1099. Oh, and may I point out that is not the answer. If you've done something and you received money, tax law says you're supposed to report that as income. It doesn't mean if someone doesn't 1099 you, you don't report it. That's not the way it works. You want to report it only when, if you've earned it. If it was deposited in your bank, if you used it for your lifestyle, IRS is saying that is taxable income. That's one of the reasons they're really pushing the 1099s um, onto uh, the 1099Ks 
from all the merchant places because the same thing, many people are selling things through Facebook and marketplace and all that, and not just doing one or two, but they're selling many, many things. So they're creating a lifestyle with it. And therefore the IRS is saying, wait, we're under, people are under reporting their information. So that way you have the situation. So if you want to join the show, you can 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get to more of your phone calls and emails. And again, if you're not too sure who I am, just go to drfriday.com and we'll tell you a lot more about who Dr. Friday is. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Alrighty, we are back here live in studio. And if you want to join us here, you can always ask questions concerning taxes, or maybe you're in the process of maybe there's an inheritance or you're dealing with something along those lines. You can give us a call 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Taking your calls, talking about my favorite subject. First, we're going to be getting ready for taxes. So that also means all my entrepreneurs or small business or people that have multiple rentals. I say multiple, you can have one rental. Um, Keep in mind, 1099s do need to be issued to anyone that we have paid for services over $600. So if you've got a lawn man, a handyman, um, a repair company that is not a corporation, and most companies out here are actually LLCs. So if you've got a, a, a heating and air conditioning company that's come out and done some repairs that's over $600, you need to be 1099 them for your rental properties. You need to be doing that for it, especially in businesses. Um, so if you have a service, uh, you, you run a, a business, of any sort, and uh, you have some sort of outside service, maybe you pay professional fees, and they're not a corporation, then you need to be 1099ing them. And those 1099s need to be out by January 31st. There are fines that you will pay or a possibility of paying if you do not do 1099s. And again, even if you do not receive a 1099 does not mean that you should not be reporting it as income. I have some industries, some different places that they don't get 1099s. It doesn't mean that it wasn't income and that you didn't earn it just because somebody else did not 1099 you. I had a situation not too long ago where um, we actually had somebody that was being audited and the IRS came back and they had a large number of subcontractors that's in the construction business. Um, and they required us to actually issue 1099s at that point. Obviously, some people didn't have any issue. They picked it up as income because they were running a business and it was income. But then there was a large number of people and kind of funnily, I think a number of them ended up being audited because of the one person being audited. So very important that if you end up in a situation, make sure whatever's running through your bank, whatever is creating your lifestyle. And I always say that because some people are, are kind of anti-bank. Um, so you, you know, you could be living one and you say, well, I've only put $20,000 through my bank, but your rent is more than $20,000 a year. So obviously you're making more than that. So simple math. It doesn't take a genius if they're auditing you to figure out how much money do you have to pay in rent. If you have auto notes, if you have a, uh, if you're wearing clothes, anything they can even take, they can put together a pretty quick idea of what it takes as a minimum income to take care of you. And if that is not showing up on your tax return or you're not growing a credit card every year by the difference, then you know what? 
sooner or later that could come and catch you. So just important to think about. I have people often come in and they say, I didn't make any money this year because entrepreneurs, let's be honest, we hate tax time because even if you've made all your quarterlies, it always feels like they're draining more and more money out. But I mean, we have a partner in business. And if you look at it that way, you may not like that partner. I mean, there's also a lot of people that have partners that they don't like anyways, but the IRS or the U.S. Treasury is a partner in our business. It's that simple. Every dollar I make, every dollar I profit, they have a percentage of 25, 30%, depending on your situation and how much profit you're making. So you have choices. There are some ways you can kind of reduce their percentage by putting money into retirement accounts, maybe issuing W-2s to yourself, different things that may control some of that. But all in all, if you look at it, that you're not a 100% owner of this business, you're going to find out you're going to be in a better situation because you have set aside that share to your partner in a bank, or you've paid it out quarterly or even monthly to them. So that way at the end of the year, you don't dread tax season. And I know some people say, I need every dollar I make to just survive. I am barely making it right now. I can't possibly pay 25%. Well, then in the big picture, guys, that you're not going to make it. I mean, you may have a bad year. We've all had bad years and we've had to borrow or we've had to get family to loan us money or whatever it might have taken to make it through that year. But in the big picture, you can't do that very long. Because sooner or later, you're going to end up upside down. And so you have to be critical with your business, especially entrepreneurs, because we have to eventually say, here's the line in the sand. If I keep it going and I can't make this much money at this point and I'm still going, are you just trying to keep something alive that really isn't funding itself? It's a very hard. And then sometimes it's management. Sometimes it's lifestyle. Sometimes people are living way above what they're actually earning. I mean, come on, that doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. That's an everyday life story. Um, and, and those are the kinds of things you have to have a hard look at. But if you actually do and you, you can succeed and you can actually have your own style of life, I mean, being an entrepreneur is one of the best things in the world because you can do certain things. You can control certain aspects that maybe you can't if you were employed with somebody else. But it doesn't mean you're going to avoid taxation. I'm just saying. And a lot of times people think, oh, I can write off. And yes, if you're a sole proprietorship or a small business, you can probably write off a portion of your house that you're actually working in. It's an office. I mean, uh, my, my home office is an extension of our own home, and therefore it is a big chunk of space that is being used for the business, and there's no question. You walk in, you can't question that it is a business and that there is an office. But if it's a guest bedroom and you've got a laptop sitting on a a bed because there's no desk in there even that is not an office space and i have many people that run businesses off of laptops they don't have to have an office space they don't even set up an office space they like to set up in the front room and their sofa and they do their work they're very good at it and that's all they need to do that's great and that works perfectly but don't think you're going to qualify for a home office that's the kind of things you need to understand. Would it be beneficial for you to set up a home office space that allows you to have the square footage to take off a part of your home expense because you're working in that home and a part of the utilities and all that is legitimate if you have true office space? 
Understanding tax law puts more money in your pocket, also makes you understand why or where the money is going. Now, as far as the IRS and their spending, well, let's be honest, the IRS doesn't spend the money, it's Congress and the Senate. So all they are is really the collection agency. If you look at them as what they are, they collect the money and they put it into the treasury and that's about the extent of their power. But that being said, it is going to get more interesting in the next couple of years. We, we already have the beneficial ownership information. I talked about that during the first part of the show. I want to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that for the next part of the year because it's a huge change. If you've got a brand new business that you've just opened up, you better be Googling beneficial ownership information, BOI, because you have about 30 days and the fines are ridiculous. I'm not sure why they want this information. I have an idea. Again, what you need to fill out for anybody that has 25% or more legal name, address, social security number, date of birth, and a picture, license, or passport. They are trying to find something, just either clarifying that the partners in these businesses truly are the partners in these businesses. Um, it does have to do with the money laundering. Most of us, um, you know, we're not worried about it. It's not a big deal. It's just another thing, but it's the fine that I worry about because that is a huge fine. And many people are sitting back going, I don't really want to fill out this. I don't really want to do that. It's not really an option. There's surveys out there that they can fine you, but normally the fine is five or $600 if you choose not to complete it. This is per a day. $500 a day if you don't do this right. Um, unless that gets overrode or considered highway robbery, that's what says in the pamphlet that we um, have in our office that was done uh, version 1.1 December of 2023. They may be updating that and there may be some more clarification as we go. I also want to clarify, someone asked me about the business license. We have been filing them now. So just so you know, if you have less than 3,000 or less than 100,000, the only fine you're, or only fee you're going to pay is the $22 city and then $22 county if you're in the county and the city. If you have less than 100,000 in sales, you will only be paying those fees, which is the uh, annual renewal fee. Um, just as a point, I wasn't sure how that was going to work. Hadn't done it before. Now we filed several of them. So again, all you have to go onto your tin tap, file it. If you make less than a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to pay 22 to the city. And if you're city and county, then 22 county, um, or if you're county and city, whichever way. Um, so that will be all you'll have to pay. And it walks through. There's no other questions that are being asked or anything else. You just click in a box saying you made less or more than a hundred thousand dollars. So Keep that in mind. And there's no reason not to go online as soon as you know what your gross sales, gross business receipts, business tax returns, those are due by April 1st. Go on the tin tap. You probably have a couple different things. You may have sales tax, which is due by Monday. You may have your business tax and you have your franchise excise. That's at least the three that could be in there. Some of you may not have franchise excise if you're not an entity. Uh, but all of them are due. So go ahead and start filing these sales tax. Obviously you can file the business gross receipts. Once you have the year end sales, you know what you're putting in there. Uh, and if it's already, if you already know, I didn't have nearly a hundred thousand dollars, then you can go ahead and file that, pay the money. And that way you're in good standing. You want to stay in good standing. It's always a pain because if you do your annual report, they can request that. And if you don't get it, they can, um, freeze or, or make inactive your, your name. And that could be a problem for 
insurance or loans or anything else that you're doing. So you want to keep that active. All right. So we're going to take one more break. And if you want, I know it's cold out there and it's you're probably just sitting around thinking, I don't really have a whole bunch to think about today on taxes. It's a little early still for some of us, but if you have a tax question, maybe who you should be 109090, what the due dates or something is, you can call the show 615-737-9986, 615 737 9986 is the number here in the studio. When we get back, we're going to talk more about what we can expect for this tax season. Also take more of your calls and check out the email bag just to see, you know, if anyone sent over anything new, always some fun and interesting questions that come out. But again, you're listening to the Dr. Friday show and we're going to be right back. in this nice little warm cozy little studio it is so nice not to have to be out in that snow had to go out earlier as you guys all know i have some beautiful dogs and you know what they love the snow crazy but they do so we're we were out playing with them and enjoying it so anyways which we'll probably do a little bit more this afternoon but until then we have about 10 minutes left of this show so if you want to join the show you can at 615-737-9986-615-737-9986 is the number you want to call here in studio which will be for, like I said, the next eight, nine minutes. And then we have it from there. If you want to go uh, ask some questions, you can always go to email. But let's hit Bob and Franklin really quick, and then we'll let you go from there. Hey, Bob, what's happening? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Doc? I am doing awesome, my love. Good. So, look, I'm a small business owner. We have a restaurant here in Franklin. And the question I have is I'm new to Tennessee, and the question I have is regarding my uh, children, my dependents, who are also employees mm-hmm. of mine. Is yep. there? I, I heard somewhere there's like, is it fourteen grand or something that I can I can gift my children or, or something along those lines without having them having to pay taxes? So it's statutory employees if they're under the age of seventeen, um, and they're working for a family held sole proprietorship or partnership, um, okay. so or LLC in essence. Uh, they cannot be a corporation, um, then you can actually making sure that they actually are working. I believe tax law basically says 6,500, but theoretically another 6,000 could be if they've earned the hours, this has to be a legitimate job, right? If they've earned it, you could put another 6,000 into, I would suggest a Roth IRA, but I'm not a financial planner. Um, So theoretically, $12,500 could be paid to them without them paying any tax as a statutory employee. Okay, that's great. And then if you have time, one more quick question. Sure. Um, it, it's regarding our vehicles. Our, 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 uh, now, we're, we're a restaurant, like I said, so, and we do right. not use our vehicles for delivery or restaurant services. But are we able to deduct, say, fuel or mileage um, for our commute? No, because just like you okay. said, it'd be no different than if you were going to work at somebody else's restaurant, right, as an employee. So you're commuting, no. But if you had to run out to the grocery store because you ran out of, I don't know, tomatoes or something, and you had to run and buy some, the fuel back and forth to do that would be require uh, would be allowed or coming to see your tax person or any going to the bank. Any of those miles would be actual business miles. But going from home to work and work to home for all of us is still commuting and therefore not a tax deduction. 
Okay, great. Well, listen, I appreciate your advice and uh, your input. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate you listening. All right, let's hit Matt in Nashville. Hey, Matt, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, I just started my own LLC, and I'm contracting with a company currently. And um, I'm under 1099, but I also do side uh, work with a few different apps. So would I have to open a 1099 on each of those apps and the company I'm working for, or, or can I just combine it? No, it's the opposite. They're paying you, Matt, so they're going to 1099 your LLC theoretically you, but through the name of the LLC. If let's say I worked for you, Matt, as a subcontractor to do something, then you would 1099 me for those services I did for you. Does that make sense? So for me to file my taxes, what would I need to open? You need to, well, you need to just track all the money everyone's paid you. Theoretically, they should all 1099 you, but if they don't, whatever was paid to you, that would be what you need as far as gross. And then you'll write off all of your expenses, be that miles, I don't know, whatever it takes to do the job you're doing. Um, and then you'll get to your net, which is the taxable amount. Okay. And so I would, I would open up a 1099 on myself. Is that what you're saying? Nope. You, you don't need to worry about the 1099s. You're going to do a Schedule C since you're a single member LLC on your 1040. So you're going to file a regular oh, tax return 40. like you normally. Okay. And then under that, you're going to do a Schedule C, which is for the self-employed, which single member LLCs fall under. So that's where you'll report all of the income and expenses on that form. And that's due at January 31st? No, that you don't. Again, that's 1099. That's due April 15th. So don't want to confuse oh, you. Okay, you're 1040 okay. and all that. You're you're cool. You don't have to worry about anything. Only if you paid anyone to do services for you. That's the only person we're trying to track down right now, Matt. Would be as if okay. you had someone that all did right. work. Then then you would 1099 them. Otherwise, sorry, you're good for a while. Okay. All right. Thank you. No worries. That was a great question. Thanks. All right. Let's hit Steve real quick. Steven. Hey, he's in Tennessee. Yeah, thank you. Just a quick question. Uh, since Trump took all deductions away from the company truck driver, I'm an employee. Are we mm -hmm. getting any deductions back this year? <laughs> nope, none of that is going to happen until January of 2026, where that will potentially, right? We don't know if it will, but it potentially expires at that point. So at that point, the 2106 or the employee deduction, I doubt it's going to come back, Steve. Based on all the audits they did, most people were misusing that form. So I'm pretty sure that that's probably never going to come back under the same pretense it was. And I did a number of legitimate truck drivers that did overnight long hauls and they were, you know, they were able to take per diems. Um, and we lost that under the, uh, under the Trump uh, administration. So um, that I don't see that coming back no matter what, but uh, no, you did not get any of it back. Good question though. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, bud. Yep. All right. So again, you are listening to Dr. Friday and those were great questions and I do appreciate the phone calls. It makes this show so much more exciting than me just sitting here talking about taxes, which for me is very exciting. But for most of you that's sitting at home, probably not quite so exciting. Um, so if you have questions again, the, we're pretty much at the end here, but you can always join us every Saturday from two to three. If you, um, 
have tax questions outside of that time period, you can usually set up an appointment or you can try emailing. I will be honest, it's going to get very crazy in our office for the next few months. But if you can email, I will do my best to get back with you on any questions that you might have, or at least be able to send you hopefully in the right direction as far as making sure that you file everything on time. Um, we're going to make sure that we're still concentrating on all the tax laws and things that are going to apply to most of us. Um, hopefully I don't confuse any of you out there of when things are done or what they're doing, but I'd much rather you ask than think that you understand me and I've completely misled you. So, you know, again, um, for any of you that have people that work for you and you've wrote checks to them, just just reiterating, those are who we're going to 1099. So, and and I and if you have rental property, um, our lawn people, our handymen, um, if you had someone repair a roof, any of those services that went to a company that is not a corporation is um, required to have a 1099. So, uh, not only a lot of people just think of 1099s as business to business. But um, it is because a uh, rental property is considered a business based on the IRS. So, again, just keeping that out there, making sure that we aren't going to get hit later with a penalty or fine because we didn't really know that we were required to do that kind of situation. So, again, so if you have anyone that has worked for you that made more than $600, that person should be 1099 and or W-2, but W-2s are pretty much set up, right? We know we're taking money out every week, bi-weekly, once a month, whatever you're paying, and that money goes then on a W-2, and it automatically kind of goes to the system. The 1099 side, not so much. And I will suggest also, it's a fresh, brand new year, and sometimes people are like, I don't have their address. I don't have the social security or EIN number for this vendor because I can't find them now. They're not answering my phone calls. Get that up front before you write the very first check to anyone. Make sure you have that information. So that way, if you do keep using them and they exceed past $600, you have it. If you don't, then you don't need it, but you still had it just in case. All right. So if you need to reach my office on Monday morning, you can at 615 615-367-0819. 615-367-0819. Zero eight one nine. You can also email Friday at drfriday.com. Again, Friday F R I D A Y at drfriday, like the day of the week. Or you can check me out on the web, which is drfriday.com. Again, drfriday. It's pretty easy. Um, yeah, so if you have questions or you need help in doing anything that deals with taxes, maybe you haven't filed taxes in a number of years or you need help because you know what, you've relocated five times, you haven't can't find all your paperwork, there are ways that we can help you get that information so that you can file your taxes on time. That's the important part of all of this is staying in compliance. Again, you can reach me at 615-367-0819. I hope you guys are going to stay nice and warm don't do anything crazy. I mean, some people that drive on these roads, I'll tell you, I drive a big truck and it can be crazy out there. But I want you guys to enjoy this Saturday. Hope you enjoy it. Call you later.